And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. We are explorers. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness, that is life. We're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. Base, the final frontier. Make it so. Do it. Hit it. Let's fly. I'm Aiden. I'm Lindsay. This is the Bix Pod. And season four is upon us. Yes, it is. The first fully 90 season of Star Trek. <laughs> Very important landmark. It I is. Mean, this was the turn of the decade, and did it feel like it? I don't know. I always think of Trek TNG as a 90s show, but a solid three-sevenths of it is not. <laughs> that's almost half. Yeah, that's almost half. I mean, that's uh, it is kind of, and it started, its origins were very 80s. And looking at it now, it looks kind of very 80s in those early seasons. But these are the seasons that we really remember, Lindsay. Um, and, I, and we're going to start to get into the reasons why these are so memorable, yeah. I think. Um, we touched on it last episode with conversation around, you know, George Roddenberry. Gene. Kind of. Did you say George? I said George. I was thinking about the George Washington Bridge that I was just reading about. Uh, Gene Roddenberry, little known brother of George Roddenberry. Jesus. Uh, Gene Roddenberry, loosening the reins and letting... Well, I'd be too sick to... Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But still, I mean, he, he wasn't trying to hold on to control. Yeah. Right? He had other pressing things to deal with. Yeah. His brother George was being quite an upstart. Um and like other people coming in and, and inputting their ideas and, and having, you know, their fingerprints on things. Um, and this season kind of delves into a lot of what makes Star Trek The Next Generation feel so special and so mm-hmm. different from the original series and so much more like the series that we get in the rest of the 90s. Yep. Um, and even into the, the ones from today, the the themes around family being the the most important one that we're going to be discussing in today's episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we also see a lot more serialization, a lot more storylines that cross single episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're a little flimsy in that regard. It's it's like, oh yeah, this one thing that's kind of mentioned or they bring back a character that was in a previous episode. Yeah. Other times like the episode Family, which is one of the ones we'll definitely be talking about is like front and center it's all about the the fallout from the best of both worlds you know which was itself a two-parter stretched across seasons and stuff and brothers deals with you know leftover feelings of you know the family resentments and Mm -hmm. everything in data's family and um wesley and his mother and father figures and the things that go on there that carried over from the previous season so yeah there's um yeah, it's it's an interesting shift, I think, uh, away from this being just a workplace. Yes. This is no longer just a workplace drama. Yes. Which is weird to think about in that way, but... But it is. I mean, these are just colleagues, but then they become yeah. more yeah. through the power of friendship. Or maybe they always were. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, notably, uh, 
Rick Berman was uh, fuck you, Rick Berman. By the way, uh, <laughs> he is famously not really a fan of serialization. He was, where did we where did we hear that? Uh, is that like common knowledge, yeah. or did we just pick that up from something and have never cited it? And- yeah, probably. We'll never. So we don't do sources here, Lindsay. We just say things from uh, haphazard memory. Yeah, but what if we're wrong? What if he was really into it? Well, then- I don't think he was. I think <laughs> I think that was the reason why he wasn't a fan of Deep Space Nine's forays into serialization yes yes and i think he did push back because again it wasn't gene's original idea it was very episodic there really was not this big push for for long drawn out arcs um so yeah ds9 obviously took that to the other extreme and you know the last season is one giant arc you know for in the last 10 episodes in particular obviously so i mean that 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 uh, groundwork is laid here um but this is still very episodic television uh don't get us wrong here um but yeah, it, it does. It is kind of uh, less of a hard reset at the end of every episode, like you know, Full yeah. House would do. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Seinfeld. Yeah, sometimes it does leave unanswered things, like uh, for instance, uh, the one where Jordy becomes an assassin. You know, it ends on like, well, this is going to take a long time. Of course, the next episode we see Jordy and he's fine, and yeah, we don't deal with any of the actual follow-up. But it does leave that that open of like, oh yeah, these are real characters who are going to have to deal with this these consequences for well, a long time. And like the fact that you open with such a strong like the the end of the two-parter and then family which does deal with the fallout yeah for Jean-Luc Picard anyway but um you know it does yeah um the potential is there for the other characters to have yes. similar types of things that they experience not that they do but no but the possibility is there and for some do like Worf's storyline for instance carries over his discommendation from yeah. season three carries over into the season becomes a major plot point for yeah. sure so yeah definitely Lindsay, let's do our quick uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. There weren't many major changes. No, um, but we do this. we do get the introduction of several um, key characters and species that yep. become important for future storylines. The Dura sisters, their plot with the Romulans, kind of is yeah. seeded in the um, in this season. Yep. Um, Sila. Yes. Uh, Speaking of return, Tasha, returning yeah. characters, you know. So this is, yeah. uh, Denise Crosby coming back to play Tasha Yar's half. Romulan daughter Sela, yeah. yeah. which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, the Cardassians and the Trill yeah. are both introduced in this season. Now the Trill changed quite a bit from this depiction of them into what we saw in Deep Space Nine, but um, the whole idea of the symbionts and that being kind of a a weird new yeah Trek species, like yeah. a different thing. That's yeah. pretty cool. And the Cardassians also being. Um, there's this uneasy truce with the Federation yes. that they've entered into. And yeah, I really love the the introduction of the Cardassians because they don't have a direct analog. No. At least initially. It's like they, they used to be enemies. We know that. Yeah. And they're very technologically inferior. That doesn't really hold out long term. But like like one Enterprise can take out like 20 Cardassian ships is kind of implied. Right. So like it's it's very kind of like it's a different dynamic than we've had in previous things. And I... I I love the introduction here. I find obviously they're far more interesting once we get to DS9 and having them. Sure, but they, but even that is like planted here. Like they are duplicitous and yes. the, the this is the episode where um, O'Brien has to kind of fix his previous commander. Yeah, who's going off killing his, Cardassians. Right, because he hasn't been able to get away from the war, the, the battles yeah. that they were fighting with the Cardassians. And now we've got these guys who are like, kind of like Golma said, is kind of like, you know... Yes, we're going to be good friends and we're allies, but meanwhile he is doing all the things. He that the is absolutely is so. Like there's, of, yeah. you know, it it does set the tone yeah. for 
the way we understand the Cardassians later on. Yep. Um, we also get uh, some expanded families with on, within the ship. Uh, we get Kalar back, along with her and Worf's son, Alexander. Uh, Worf, famously the worst father in all of Starfleet history, um, as becomes clear over the many seasons that he and Alexander interact. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get Keiko and Miles O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, their wedding this season is a particular high point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also lose a little bit of family with uh, Will Wheaton leaving as uh, Ensign so-called yeah. uh, uh, crusher. So it's it's a it's a bit of give and take here, but yeah, generally this is again expanding the universe, expanding the uh, lore of Star Trek, as you will, mm-hmm. and it, it really lays some critical uh, stones there for for future stuff. Uh, behind the scenes, though, um, again there wasn't much change, but uh, Hans Beimler. Bamler, did I pronounce that correctly? Uh, one of the key writers or producers, I can't remember now, uh, he left. Uh, and this is actually the season where Jerry Taylor joins yes. the writing crew. So I think Lindsay, last episode, you might have mentioned her initially in. but Yeah, I, think, I was wrong. Yeah, I think this was like the first season where she yes. was, and she became a core part of, again, Voyager in particular and, yeah. and so on. Nice to see another woman in a yeah. commanding position. One would be nice. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, really, there weren't many. Yeah, so. DC Fontana in yeah. the original series. Yeah, and- yeah. That's about it so far. Um, and this season also marked the introduction, not the introduction. Uh, so Jonathan Frakes had directed one episode in season three. I can't yep. remember the name now. I think it was a data episode. Um, oh, it was, the, it was the one where he has lol, where he gives birth to lol. Oh, right, right. Um, what's it called? The Offspring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this season, Patrick Stewart picked up the yeah. thing as well. And uh, Frakes also directed two more episodes, I yeah. believe. Um, so this is really the season. Kind of begins that tradition of like yeah. actors on Star Trek getting to, if they want to, direct an episode. Unless you're... Garrett Wong. Uh, yeah. Then, then you absolutely do not get yeah. to. It is bizarre. I mean, like, yeah. LeVar Burton directed how many Voyager episodes yeah, you watched. So and yet, many. the Garrett guy who's actually on yeah. Voyager wasn't a lot. We'll talk about it when we get to Voyager, I think. I think it's another Rick Berman thing. But anyways. This season is interesting in that it finally gives Star Trek The Next Generation more episodes than the original series. Yes. Um, so, all those times all those fans and petitions and anger that (laughs) that riled people up in the early seasons um whether or not people were still feeling like like that i I don't know i haven't looked into that if if people were i mean feeling that way the show was doing well by this point and And i I mean it's the fans have been won over yeah yeah and so you know it hits it's not only its 80th episode but i think it it hits 100 in this season as well so which is kind of cool very um, as we mentioned, there are lots of episodes featuring family connections, yes. um, solidifying and expanding the family dynamics of the core characters, the yep. bridge crew. Yeah. Um, in, but particular, in particular, yeah, yeah, those ones that have like really interesting family dynamics to begin with. Worf is obviously perhaps the the most uh, shining example because he's got multiple families. <laughs> um, but you know, Data obviously his whole like will he have a family mm-hmm. uh what about his dad what about his brother the crazy one um crusher even uh beverly in particular dealing although again as with <laughs> everything uh with wesley and beverly it's really about wesley and picard for some reason yeah. like his goodbye episode has almost nothing to do with beverly yeah. she's not even on the planet with him or anything like that yeah. it's just anyways that, that's that's a whole other thing but yeah it's really starts fleshing out these characters that have these really interesting dynamics and mm-hmm. and really exploring what you can do with those characters and i think this is summed up in um there was a behind the scenes special feature in the tng season four box set um where michael pillar says 
You can't kill the regulars and the audience knows it, but you can wound them. Mm -hmm. And that comes up a lot again and again this season where you get characters like Worf dealing with Kalar's murder. Yeah. Um, You get Data and Lore and Dr. Soong. Yeah. And their family dynamic. You get Jordy and... Uh, Leia Brahms and like the the heartbreak <laughs> yeah well but also the betrayal and like the, the weirdness that goes on there you mm-hmm. get um, yeah like all of these characters that you, you know they've got plot armor so you can't kill them off but we put them through the ringer a little bit here yeah. and and family is the easiest way to do that Picard episode 2 right off the bat yeah. he's like crying in the mud yeah. on his vineyard yeah. um, and it's like yeah this is this is it's supposed to hurt a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, can't kill him, but you can wound him. Yeah, and it's it's a great dynamic from a writing perspective. It it, it allows you to do more interesting things with the characters and and yeah. put them in situations where they're not going to always come out on top. I think that was one of our foremost complaints of season two in particular was like, yeah, we know the good guys are going to win, and we know it's going to be kind of goofy yeah, the, along the, the way. Sometimes stakes are kind of even when they are high, you know that they're yeah. they're low. But now that you can, there there are. Um, risks and advantages and disadvantages mm-hmm. to the to the decisions these characters are making and they have lasting consequences for the rest of the show like it feels more consequential i yeah. guess yep yeah, absolutely mr data you all right yes sir i'm attempting to fill a silent moment with non-relevant conversation which is a good uh segue into this episode's sponsor ancestry.federation <laughs> while not all of us have the complicated family dynamics of a wharf son of moog also son of Sergei, also son of Martok, brother to Kern, brother to Nikolai, father to Jeremy Astor, father to Alexander, husband to Jadzia, and halfway husband to Kalar, we all certainly have some sort of family connections to the galaxy around us. And if you've ever wanted to find out more about your family, today's sponsor, Ancestry.Federation, is the service for you. Now featuring detailed genetic history for over 150 Federation species, Klingon, Cardassian, Bajoran, Ferengi, and Romulan databases, and historical documents stretching back nearly 9,000 years, Ancestry.Federation can help you discover just where it is you came from, and who you might be related to. If, like me, you were told that you had at least a little bit of Vulcan in your family history, a quick scan from one of Ancestry.Federation's designer medical tricorders can tell you if that's true, and if so, whether or not you're actually related to Siroc, like your great-grandmother promised. A quick 10-second scan, followed by a saliva sample, blood test, and bespoke 21-point questionnaire will reveal everything you ever want to know about your family's makeup. Pinpoint which Trill symbiont might remember your great-great-grandfather. Identify whether you may actually have a claim on the Klingon Chancellor's seat. See if you're due for that inheritance from the Ferengi great-uncle you never knew you had. Now with updated information on species 8472 and approximately 50% of the genetically engineered Dominion species, there's never been a better time to discover where you came from. Sign up for Ancestry.Federation using the code THEBIGSPAMSENTYOU and you'll get expedited shipping on your testing kit to learn more than you could ever imagine about you and your family. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's really funny. I mean, it's kind of funny. No, it's like, you know, everybody says, oh, I was, you know, Cherokee princess. Like, <laughs> I was descended yeah. from Surah. Were you really? Really, really? You sure about Grandma? that? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Um, so moving aside from the family dynamics for a little bit, uh, there were some great standalone episodes uh, this season as well. Um, 
Clues comes yep. to mind. Uh, amazing. The Drumhead is a great standalone kind of court drama mm-hmm. type one again. Um, even The Nth Degree. You know, right. if you're not as big as Barkley fan, maybe it's less interesting. But even just the premise is very like cool sci-fi. Like the species yeah. who doesn't want to go out wants to meet people and just like yeah. brings them to them because they're yeah. so genius. Like that's pretty cool. Um, and it really, I, I feel like this season, like season three showed that the show could do it. The show could do sci-fi yeah. and it could do characters all at once. Uh, here it just, again, it solidifies. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that wasn't a fluke. Like those those were not just happenstances from from a bunch of writers who got hot and at the right time. This yeah. is like, we are capable of doing this week in, week out. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's really impressive. Which is as good a segue as any to lead into our tier lists, which has become a feature, not a bug, of our podcast. <laughs> it's become and something of our you podcast. You love it. I am fine with it. It is a good way to, to evoke our emotions about the episodes. And to talk about the episodes that are really good and the ones that aren't so good. Except for when we disagree on which ones are which. Because That's what we makes do. it fun. Why no. This wouldn't be the big spot. We started off as bickering peaks. <laughs> And yes. we did very little bickering the entire time that we were bickering <laughs> peaks. Now, I can, I think it's, it's, this is a good thing. Okay. I mean, I'm happy to prove you wrong about many of the things. Anyways, Lindsay, you we wish. have highlighted the ones that are similar on our list. I think our S tiers are very close, except for you missed a bunch, but, uh, oh, shut the fuck up. I all, didn't miss All any. of your S tiers are on my S tier, so I'll let you talk about yours first. So I started off with the best of both worlds and family, which I count Naturally. as kind of, yeah. One episode. Yeah. Really, they're the same thing. Yeah. Um, closing off that Borg storyline mm-hmm. and leading into Jean-Luc Picard's um, like psychological torment, but also Wesley Crusher and the like finding out things about his dad. That's all that episode too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's a nice way to not only address things that have been happening in these characters' lives, but to set out the theme for the whole season. Yeah. Um, Remember Me is one of my favorite episodes yes. in all of season four. In and it track. does yeah. not get the respect from other critics and people that yeah. I've been listening to that I think it deserves. Yeah. This is the one where um, Crusher, Wesley Crusher creates yeah. a warp bubble that collapses and ends up trapping his mom in like this alternate dimension. Yeah. And she has to figure out why she doesn't remember people as no, the she's the only she she's only, the only yeah. one who can remember them nobody else does because her universe is shrinking exactly yeah, her yeah. universe literally becomes the size of the bridge and then Wes has to figure it out on the other side and yeah it's just so good it's like when Gates McFadden gets to do something other than just fiddle around with a hypo spray yeah or be a mom babe. again like this is about her and I love I love the fact that her superpower is just her medical diagnosis. She approaches it as, she, as if she's diagnosing what's wrong with the universe, yeah. and she does it, and yeah, she nails it, in, and yeah. she puts it all together without any help because nothing yeah. in her universe has any idea about this warp bubble or anything nope. like that. It's it's all her, and it's yep. it's amazing. And the premise, yeah, is is so it's interesting. It's such a cool sci-fi idea. Like I have yeah. no idea if warp bubbles. It's like well, subspace it's the, isn't a real. It's the story. conceit. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's the conceit that allows Star Trek to work. Yeah. So. It, and they explore it here, yeah. Yeah, and, and, it's, with it. and it's yeah. very cool. So it's like sci-fi, but it's also completely out of left, like in left field sci-fi. Yep. But grounded by the fact that it's got this core emotional. Love it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Data's Day. Also, also perfect, I mean, yeah. I think everybody loves it because, again, such low stakes. <laughs> it's literally just, I mean, I like the fact that it's Data. He's giving these journals to... 
Um, Dr. What's his name from the days from. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's like Maddox is taking Bruce Maddox. That's his name. Um, I don't know whether he's requested this or whether like he struck up a friendship after he tried to have him consigned to the scrap bin (laughs) of Starfleet history. I don't know. But it's nice that that he's like narrating what happens and you get to see it's almost a little bit like a lower decks episode yeah. where you like you get to see the goings on on the ship from from Data's One perspective. perspective. Yeah. Um and he does have like lots of different things that he like he's helping Keiko and Keiko and he have this like long friendship that Apparently. is never explored. <laughs> but it's like tantalizing. It's just there, right? Yeah. That doesn't need to be explored. It's just there, and he, you know, messes up with O'Brien and and like trying to get them to connect when they almost call off their wedding, yeah. and um, and he's got Spot. Yeah, we find the first Spot. Time Spot. First time we see his cat. So um, his friendship with Jordy and. Uh, dancing with Dr. Crusher. Like, there's so many things. The whole that, sequence is, like, just comedic gold. And to have it be bookended by him taking command of the bridge during the night shift, which yeah. just highlights that the fact that, yes, he has this full, rich life, but he is still an android and the only one on the ship who doesn't require sleep. Yeah. Who can just So he could just keep going. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. a limit. I think it's mentioned in one episode. Like, he can operate at peak capacity for so many days yeah. or months or whatever yeah. but um so yeah he routinely takes the night shift and this is how we begin and end the episode is like this day is literally a 24 hour period of him just doing everything yeah and it's it's so cool it's, just, it's awesome it's so fun and finally i put clues yes in the s tier which again a lot of people don't like i yeah, was surprised it's a little it's a little goofy but i love no, i love it the, so i love good. the discovery and they figure it out yeah. and you as the audience have no idea and well, then the twist at the end yes. is like holy shit and the fact that you know you don't know why data is doing what he's doing but you know that there has to be a good reason for it because yeah. data is not the kind of guy who's gonna just like lie and disobey Lie yeah. to and disobey his commanding officers. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. So well, and he doesn't. He's obeying his superior He officers. is, yeah. but you don't yeah. know that. And that's yeah. what's great about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like that one. That's, uh, the, that's the fullness of my S tier. Yes. So you did miss two. Um, three, sorry. Uh, I also have uh, Reunion. That's the one with Kalar coming back on the ship, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love that one for... That's in my A tier. It's not like it's that far. I know. It's close, okay. but you were wrong. Um, and it's... it's No, it's you're wrong. It is great for... throwing things at you across <laughs> the desk. <laughs> not wrong. Fine. You can't have a wrong opinion when it comes to <laughs> ranking your favorite Star Trek episodes. Except you very much do. Uh, so there's... Don't kick me. <laughs> kick you. <laughs> so I love that one. Uh, a for being an interesting Klingon storyline. The fact that there's these feuding houses and it sets in motion Worf's whole vengeance with the Duras family um, and it's just, it's just amazing through and through and you get Alexander and it's just such a curveball for the Worf character this stoic you know <laughs> now we would think of him as like a stoic alpha male which mm. is just fucking stupid but that's that's kind of how the Worf character is created and he's a dad and he's a single dad all of a sudden with nobody to help him yeah uh, and it's didn't even know and then yeah, his, didn't even know. his baby mama just drops off this surprisingly old looking two year old. Yeah, he's at least four, but it's maybe Klingons grow fast. Anyways, that, that episode is great for me. It's it's maybe one of my favorites. Can I can I uh, just interrupt? Episodes. Every time we say Duras, Duras sisters, I imagine the song from Shrek about Duloc, like the castle town. What's where the song? like Shrek and, and Yeah, Donkey. when they arrive. Duloc is Duloc. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm hearing the song in my head when I talk about the Jura sisters, and the same is true of the reverse. When I'm watching Shrek, <laughs> You're like, I'm like, Jura? <laughs> so just... So you have that little insight into what's going on in nobody, my brain. Nobody wanted it. Um, thank you, though, Lindsay. Uh, the Wounded is also missing from your list. A tier. I put it in my A tier. It's off. It's off by a tier. Oh, because fucking God. First of all, it's an O'Brien episode that's not in it's, DS9, it's, and he's not even being tortured. What the fuck? No, Although he's have a little being psychologically torture. tortured. Yes, <laughs> yes, he can't escape the pain. But anyways, it's it's an amazing exploration of the 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 long-lasting effects of war. It's the introduction of the Cardassians. Absolutely. And like you said, they were pretty much on point right from the beginning, except for the weird beard things they have, and like they have like weird mutton chops in that. In their along their jawline, it's weird. I don't know. Anyways, that one's amazing. Uh, I can't believe you it's didn't put in it there. My A tier. I can't put them all in my S tier like you do. Yes, Aiden. you can. Look, oh. I just did it. Well, I'm look. not. I'm not doing it. Yeah. There are some that you have not put in your A tier that are in my A tier. I'm sure. No. Uh, like the drumhead. The most important one, Lindsay, that you missed, and you did not just miss. You. I don't like this episode. So fucking far. I don't like this episode. First contact. Yep. Not a fan. Is, oh my god. Don't like it. Why? It's goofy. It's not goofy. There is one goofy Baby part North about is in it, and it's goofy, and that's weird to me. I don't like that. There's, it's just I, Aiden. That sequence is goofy. I don't need to justify shit to you. Yes, you do. That's no, the point of this fucking podcast. Do not throw more. Throwing more at you. Don't throw it at the microphone. You're gonna fuck it up. It's foam, Lizzie. Shush. <laughs> what do you want from me? I want you to admit you want, that this you is an amazing episode. You want to have the exact same tier list? How boring would that be? A little boring for our listeners, but it would be very good for our marriage. No, okay, it wouldn't be. <laughs> yes, it would. No, it wouldn't. Lindsay, how can you rate this? You gave it. A, you put it in the F tier. Yeah, something the has to go on the bottom. Yes, and we all agree it's the one where Troy loses her emotions. I don't know why you ranked that so high as you did. No, it's on. It's in my D tier. <laughs> there, <laughs> Devil's Due is in my F tier. Oh my god, that's not even that bad. That's nothing human. Which I don't remember right now as I'm that's, talking about it. That's the one with, uh, well, we'll get to it because it's in my A tier or B tier, I think. Anyways, what? Yeah. Well, you don't even remember what it is. Why yeah, but you I have good reasons for putting it in my, <laughs> I have good reasons so good, I don't even need to remember <laughs> nope, them. Nope, exactly. Anyways, First Contact is an amazing episode. It is, again, just like Who Watches the Watchers, a, an amazing exploration of what it takes to be Starfleet, what it means to do to be Starfleet and do it properly. It explores what our own inability to handle change. The we movie could, does. The movie no, First Contact, no, you're getting confused. Not. You're getting confused. They, they have the same title, but they're different, Aiden. You know that, I am right? going to rip... This and because you were so infuriating right now. Really? You know I'm you're right. Infuriating. You no, know I don't right. know you're right. I think okay, you're we're going to go watch this episode. That's it. Now, this is the watch along episode because Ew. we have to disagree. We disagree. We have to watch it. And you're going to realize you're uh, we will end person. that episode saying, yeah, first contact definitely. Um, a tier. We both have brothers. Yeah. I it's think a, it's a really agree. solid one. That's a yeah. good one. Yep. Um, I put Reunion, The Wounded, and The Drumhead in my A tier. Yes. Which are is still admirable. A for admirable, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you and have yeah, other those ones are... in your A tier, so go on and tell me how I'm wrong. For having okay, no. I think anything... But I think anything like A to B to C, I'm a little more flexible. <laughs> the fact that you put... I don't know why. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm just saying. A tier, I also have Legacy. Uh, final mission, the goodbye to Wesley. I think that's an amazing episode. Mm. Uh, fuck off. Night Terrors is such a cool premise. The weird, goofy 
Troy floating through the air is dumb, but like everything else is amazing. Like they don't understand what's even wrong with them. They got this power source. They have the dream vision thing. There that are explains. better horror episodes of Star Trek. It's not a horror time. episode. Well, it, it it's a is. it's a, a mystery bit. episode, and that's what's so cool about it. And then there are better mystery episodes too. Uh, Cupid, I have in yeah, a that's tier. Okay. Yeah, that one I was kind of it's on in the my board B of. tier. So yeah, uh, just again. The Wharf one-liners alone. And then I really... The thing that makes Cupid not an S tier for me is the fact that Crusher and Troy have to bash people over the head with the fucking... Uh, Instead of getting a sword fight? Yeah. Even though they both had sword fighting training? Like More than fighting. all the other... Yeah. Most of the men except for uh, Patrick Stewart. But Sturt, ladies yeah. don't carry swords. Yeah. Apparently. Fucking Rick Berman again. Anyways, Cupid's up there. Uh, I have the Mind's Eye. Which one is that? Mind's Eye is the episode where Jordy gets brainwashed and has to try and kill mm. the the Klingon ambassador or whatever. Okay. Um, that one mostly for me is like again the premise and the fact that Jordy's so like those scenes where he just kills yeah. uh, O'Brien and steps over his body and joins the table on the training. I was like, oh my god, this is some dark ass shit, and I love it. Um, in theory, I rate it as an A tier. I could that one was kind of on the border for me, but I just. It's a data being data doing weird stuff. It's it's basically data's day two. Part two. Yeah, and I'm I'm fine with it. Again, it's it's interesting that way. Um, and then I also have Redemption Part One. I think that's another really solid Klingon episode. Mostly for the end. It's the first time that I can remember in Star Trek where you see a character off with the big salute and everybody's in the hallway and you see them off and you're like, is he gonna come back? And then he does. Neelix doesn't, which is good in both cases uh in my oh, opinion oh wow yeah but uh anyways that's my tier. time you're wrong no uh my so, b tier well hold on hold on hold what? on yeah okay so which one's of my a tier and your b tier Lindsay? cupid yeah. mind's eye and redemption okay yeah. so those are We're not that far that's off. fair okay but i put the nth degree in b tier okay which you have also done yes um it's fine yeah it's not up it's not great yeah I think it's I've, a Barkley episode. It's a Barkley episode. It's it's okay. I, it's I think favorite. I mentioned earlier, I like the premise. It's kind of a cool wrap-up. The thing where he beams his brain with lasers and stuff was like kind of cool. Like yeah. just a weird thing. And just seeing him get smarter and smarter and smarter is like fun because it's so anti-Barkley. Yeah. And then he's just back to his bumbling self at the end. Is It's a fun, it's a Barkley episode. Yeah. Like, like you said. Um, so yeah. And then I have Cupid, Mind's Eye, and Redemption. Um... And I have... Yeah, talk about your B tier. Yeah, so I have new ones, of course, because I ranked everything higher than you did, except for the loss. Uh, so I have Future Imperfect, um, Galaxy's Child, which is the one where uh, Leia Brahms comes back, yep. and 3 as well. I put the drumhead here as a B tier. And why? I, Such a good episode. It's, it's, What's wrong with it? It, is, with it is a little forced. It's very... You're a little forced. It's, it's like, oh, remember how good Measure of a Man was where you have Picard arguing for the thing that's obviously yeah, just immoral? This is different. This is like, you know, it shows how... Um, in this case, there is... It's not... The legal question isn't what's important. Yeah. It's that there's somebody who's power hungry and gone a little bit off the deep end and is trying to persecute you know, to the to the fullest degree that they're capable of doing. And that is like there's there's a, a an overstepping of the bounds. And, yes. and I think that exploration of how you can have those unbalanced but there's still like power checks that can corral them in. I yeah. think that's it's an interesting look at, you know, twenty fourth century legal systems and twenty fourth century um I don't want to say bureaucracy, but 
like politics, like small p politics, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and that and I that's fair. Good. I I do like that's the part I kind of like. I hate the execution of it. I don't think it's like the the Klingon spy or Romulan spy or whatever it is that that initially starts it. It's such a like kind of a weak starting point. Like he's just gonna blow up the Enterprise. And then all of a sudden you have to like persecute every Romulan across Starfleet well, and they're gonna she start. Does. Well, and and that's the thing, it's like, why would anybody kind of go along with that? Like like it Worf is like the character who why would gets, anybody go why would anybody go along with, with fascism? Anything? Yeah. It starts small and then it snowballs. And that's, that's what the, the point. That's what I know, but it doesn't have enough time to snowball. That's that's my point. That part seems rushed. It's like that first sequence is like maybe a quarter of the episode, and then it's only like the middle of the episode that has time to That's build. That's what you're criticizing. Yeah, I think it's just a little rushed. Well, it's a I find it. Four minute episode. I know everything is going to. If be it was rushed. a two parter, if they really developed this threat first, <sighs> and then had Starfleet See, like try and resolve the it. The threshold for you is so high for it to be like a good episode, and sometimes it's just like you trip. First over contact it. is amazing. You need to shut your beautiful mouth. I love you so much. You're just so wrong about that one. It's going to. I'm not sour everything. I'm else. not. Anyways. You've also put the host in your B tier? Yeah, I love the introduction of the Trill. Sumi. And, you know, Crusher and uh, Riker Mackin. Like, what What more do you need in an episode? Like, come on. You wanted to have the two I don't most... want Mommy and Daddy to be kissing. <laughs> I don't want to see Mommy and Daddy kissing. Okay, first of all, Mommy and Daddy are Crusher and Picard. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Riker's Daddy. Come on. <laughs> Aiden. <laughs> don't even get me started, okay? Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> Um, after this, Lindsay, we have nothing more in common. So lead off your C tier. Where, right. where do they come from? Uh, my, I put Legacy in C tier. Mm-hmm. Galaxy Child. Half a Life, which oh, always... Yeah. I, I, it's just C tier for me because I don't agree. That's I, the Troy episode with the guy. Yeah. 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 Um, Looks on a Troy, like, yeah. 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 With uh, the guy that she falls in love with who has to go commit suicide at the age of whatever, 65 yeah, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And I just find it... I don't know. I think that there are better ways to execute a story like that. If oh, they you, have, try. you have problems about I execution. Problems execution. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I find it very sad and it, it's upsetting. That's true. It's an upsetting episode. Yeah. Um, and then I put in theory in my C tier because yeah, I'm I think, surprised. No, you love I, data. I do, and I just so much. I feel like this is hackneyed. Was it a little fan servicey for you? It's like um, we know the ladies love data. Let's give data a love interest. Yeah, and she wasn't. Anywhere near worthy of data, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Jenna DeSora can, you know, punt her down the warp core. I could care less. It's a long way down to the bottom of the warp core. It is. And Jenna that- DeSora is going to find out. <laughs> there are so many better people, so many other people on the ship, I'm sure, who are much oh better. Oh my God. That is and this so is where brutal. the fan fiction comes in, right? Oh so. my God. No, okay. I, and really, it's just, I think it's. Um, it's a little dehumanizing for Data too, because he yeah, he's he trying up. to understand, yeah. but nobody is really thinking about how this is going to impact him. Even he doesn't realize how this is going to impact him, and maybe that's okay because he doesn't really have those I don't feelings. Know. Do- but we feel it. Like the end of that episode yes. fucking sucks. It does suck. You know, he's like all by himself in this beautiful like he's, he's made like, this dinner yeah. for her, and she's just like, no, I'm not interested in it. And he's like alone with his cat. I'm like, that's just. But he's not sad. hurt because he doesn't no, have those emotions. But no, but. And, the manipulation the, of that, like, 
Okay, but the but nothing lost, nothing gained, right? Or nothing ventured, nothing gained, nothing lost either, right? Like he guess, he has that sequence where he asks all his friends, like, should I do this? And everyone's like, I don't know, I don't know. Riker's like, go fucking go yeah, for it, right? Yeah, but for her, they're worried about Jenna. They're not worried about him. Yeah, they are worried about him. No, they're not. I think so. I think it's very. I think they get they're coming at it from a place of friendship. Okay. Maybe I just I know. just I think again there there were probably better ways to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could have, yeah, with a, with a, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. A better woman, got it. Jadzia Dax. (laughs) Jadzia and Data would still be together today if they started. Hundred (laughs) percent, right? She wouldn't have died going off to meet Goldcott in the fucking Bajoran Temple. Probably not. No, she'd be off with Data. Yeah, but she wouldn't have the spots because season three, season four, Charles didn't have. No, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know where you're going. Uh, my C tier, I had The Devil's Due, which I think is not as bad as people. It's it's oh, silly. Oh my god! It's silly, but I love the way it's such an original they... series episode. No, it's not. No, it is. It... No, it really is. It is a little bit. It's like the animated series episode where they meet Satan. <laughs> no, but it's not because they they reveal that it's all yeah, a ruse. But they, also they here they out... reveal it's all a ruse. No, no, it was not a ruse. That was really Satan. She's in the animated oh, series. Do you not remember the episode? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about this one. <laughs> She's not really Satan. No, she's she not. She just has makeup like Satan. <laughs> it's just really just a hologram projector. But anyways, um, I also have Identity Crisis with uh, Jordy turning into a lizard glow-in-the-dark guy. I it, That episode is not... It's not a great Jordy episode, but I like, again, the premise of them being infected and gradually turned into these creatures. I like the way they solve the problem and the way they find them with the UV light. That's just cool shit. I just, there's, there's still parts of that episode that I really enjoy, even though I don't like watching the episode. We both have Half a Life in C tier too. Oh, yeah, sorry. You yes, missed I missed you that. You highlight it. I'm sorry. Uh, half Attention a Life. Attention to detail. Yeah, Half a Life is, yeah. It's half an episode in my mind. Lindsay, D tier? Uh, I put Final Mission in D tier. Okay. Uh, That's actually a little harsh. What can what, give me? Give me some. Give me some thoughts on um, Final Mission. I think it's a poor send off for Wesley Crusher for the reasons that you have already said. Yeah. He doesn't get to be with his mom. Yeah, and they put him with with Picard, and Picard didn't admit that he's actually his father, which is we all know is true. Yeah. So that's the only logical reason that you would do that. Yeah. But then they didn't go there. They like mm. they like half jumped mm. into that yes. storyline and yes. then like, you know, balked at the very last minute. Um and You have the loss. I put the loss in uh D tier. In D tier. You put it in F tier. Yes, so. because it's the worst episode by far, but I, I I will accept it being here. I actually won't. I can't believe you've done that. But it's, I, it's 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 not a great episode. It's like what pisses me off a lot about that one. I think it's what pisses a lot of people off about that one is well, Deanna Troy. Yeah. Just Deanna Troy, her behavior. Yeah. She's so entitled. Yeah. And like her, um, like she loses her empathy and then she loses all empathy. Yeah. <laughs> like like it's it's. She's not even that good with her telepathic <laughs> abilities. Like, 99% of the time, she's just a good, like, friendly person. So the fact that she can't... And everybody else that. is pointing it out to her. like, <laughs> yeah, like And she's like, no, I'm not. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I'm shutting off the DVD. Yeah. We don't Skip watch this on the next DVD episode, yeah. Skip to the next episode. So yeah, loss D tier for me. Not great. I put Night Terrors... Identity yeah. Crisis and The Host. Okay, so Identity Crisis and The Host, I totally get it. But Night Terrors, I think that's one of the best horror episodes in Star you Trek. You didn't, you said it's not a horror episode. 
No, no, no. I was talking. No, it wasn't Night Terrors. Yeah. I was, no, I was talking about. A few moments later. Yes. Okay. Fine, Lindsay. I went back in my mind, and you're right. I was talking about Night Terrors, and uh, yeah, it, it is a scary episode. I do. Yeah, I like it a lot for being a horror episode. Mm-hmm. You think there's better ones? I think that Voyager had a couple of good horror. No, episodes. I think even the one uh, I don't remember what season it is where they're being abducted at night. And they like there's that yeah. scene on the holodeck where they're like that scares that the one, shit out of that me. That one is terrifying. or the one the one um, six and a half hours later. Oh, I can't remember it. Day two. It's fine. Narrator, it was not fine. But I will say the scene with Crusher in the with the the yes where they all sit they up. They sit up. That's creepy. That one that one does it for me. I think that's part of it. Yeah, I just again I like the premise more than anything, but you're right, the execution but, but, is but less. But Troy scary. and the whole who are you in the purple haze greenish thing, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, not a fan. But I like how it comes together at the end. They have to shoot hydrogen at it and whatever with the little symbol. That was that was easy enough. Um Lindsay, my D tier, uh, I only have uh Suddenly Human Suddenly Human, which is the one with Picard's, uh, that kid comes on board who's been raised by these warrior race yeah. and all of a sudden Picard has to be a dad. And it's like, okay, we, we touched on Picard's family last episode. Do we really have to come back, to, or two episodes earlier, do we really have to come back to it so soon? The fact that we know he doesn't like to be a dad even though he has Wesley right there. Yeah. Did you need another character to explore that shitty relationship? No. no you had it right there. Plus, it's just weird. The kid yells a lot. It's it's just not, it's not a good episode. No. It feels like a season two kind of episode so i put it in d tier um but the only one i have lower than that is the loss which we've already harped on because terrible you have oh my god first contact devil's doing suddenly human first contact i what, just i what, can't what i can't what did you do you know the episode we're talking about yeah Riker winds up beating up on the planet he's got like the weird yeah. three fingers thing yeah they don't they're like why does he not have six kidneys or whatever yep. yeah and then they do first contact and the species is like shit we're not ready for first contact because we're fucking republicans like did you not remember you- <sighs> okay no it's fine it's fine Lizzie. i'm realizing now that i haven't put uh future imperfect on my list oh really yeah i did missed miss that one i missed oh. that one okay where would you put it on the uh, spot go uh, i don't remember that episode what episode is that? Future Imperfect. Um, I'm going to, while Aiden's looking it up, I'm going to pretend that I know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to say it's the one with the character. Oh, oh right. Where Riker goes and is um, <laughs> uh, 16 years in the future, has been in a coma. But really, it's not. He's like. Um, it's this alien kid who has yeah. a. Hollow projector. Yeah, that okay. That one I yeah. You put it in B tier, I'll put it in B tier. Okay. That's a that's a decent episode. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's yeah. it's it's fun to like imagine what the future would look like and Riker figuring it out again and Yeah, and yelling at Picard on the bridge. Yes. Shut, Shut up. up. Perhaps it would be best if we discuss this. Shut up. I beg your pardon. I said shut up. As in close your mouth and stop talking. That's good. I like it's it. Great. Like, what? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> daddy and he's got the gray hair like you know it's just yeah it's very daddy there's there's lots of daddies on this show actually oh, Jesus about it. Christ what not Worf not Worf he's proved he can't be no but Worf and Picard like season three of 
Picard like, season three? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you said Worf and Picard. No, no, like no, they were Worf joint daddies. Picard. Okay, yeah. 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 A little bit there. Yeah. I fold, okay? Oh, seriously? With yeah. two Pix Log, Stardate 55864.3. Season 4 of Star Trek The Next Generation was not exactly subtle about turning the corner from a workplace TV show to a family TV show. While it would take the final three seasons for this found family dynamic to truly crystallize into the defining final scene of the show, this season nevertheless advanced the sense that the crew of the USS Enterprise NCC-1701D were far more than just workplace friends. Interestingly though, it did this in part by highlighting the characters' other families, at once both expanding the scope of the characters and minimizing the family's impact on the characters themselves. Because if we learn nothing from season 4, it's that the characters who are truly there for each other at the end of the day aren't the familial characters who come and go, but the ones on the bridge of the Enterprise, waiting to help one another through their challenges week after week. It's a curious phenomena, and one I think Lieutenant Commander Lindsay and I would be wise to unpack. So Lindsay, what does it say about the way biological families are dealt with in Trek um, that the that the family that we are exposed to the most is the Enterprise crew itself? Like, are we supposed to view these biological families as really the extended family of the found family that we've that we discover on the show? Like, do you mean that? Data's brother is really everyone's brother. Yeah, he's well, just but like the extended. He's like, family. yeah, he's like maybe like the cousin. That everybody knows, but Data's the brother of the daddy wrecker. Mm. You know, like is so he's Uncle Data is what you're saying. No. <laughs> he's he's Uncle Lore, yeah. Aiden. Okay, <laughs> your whole introduction of daddies in this is. I know, just I know, I know, I know. You're right. <laughs> in any case, like yeah. function differently yeah, in the like, world. <laughs> and the whole like like the whole wharf dynamic, like he has so much fucking family, but then his real family is the one that he refuses to hug in Picard season three. Like like that's No, see so yeah, I mean I think I think the by nature the idea of of this isn't a typical workplace. We call it a workplace <laughs> drama at the, at, the, at the start of the episode yeah. but it's not no. like you don't typically go off with your workmates for long missions where you're gone from your family for years at a time potentially right no. um and i mean i think the fact that you can have your family on board i think that was going to be like our mm. real get to a question like should there be families on yeah. board the starship yeah. um which I don't think makes a lot of sense, but for the same reasons that Picard thinks it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you hate kids? <laughs> no, it's just, it's dangerous. You're yeah. like right in your LA test and yeah. all of a sudden you're attacked by Romulans and like, what do you do? You're six yeah. years old. Probably not writing an LA test at six, but yeah, spelling test. Uh, probably they're, they're pretty quick kids in this generation. Anyway, um, the fact that this is like, and, and the people who are choosing to do this are the people that we're focusing on, right? Mm -hmm. So they're choosing to leave their families behind f to go on these like extended missions out to who knows where to seek out new life and new civilizations. Yeah. Um, there's a certain amount of like, how reluctant are they to do that? They seem to want to do this. Yeah. So so does that mean that their family connections just aren't strong enough? Like a lot of these people don't have good family lives. Riker doesn't, his dad, yeah. relationship with his dad is non-existent. Yeah. Troy can barely stand her own mother. Um, to be fair, who could? Beverly but. Crusher's husband is dead. Yeah. 
Um, in Starfleet. <laughs> Jordy, I mean, we see his family later on, but they've all gone their separate ways within Starfleet. Yeah. Um, Worf can't get along with his parents. Yeah. Data doesn't get along with his family. So when we do see bits of their family come back, it's like, yeah, it is. It, it like they're the they're being grafted onto the family that they've chosen to be with, and I think that's what makes Star Trek: The Next Generation so special because it's you don't get that sense in the original series that yeah. that it is a yeah. found family. Yeah, you could argue that it is, but it's not the same. No, like this feels dynamic, like. Yeah. These are people who have chosen to embark on these missions with with, with each, each other. other. Yeah. And the fact that they stay together for so long. Yeah. Like Riker refuses to be promoted because he loves these people so much. Yeah. And it's like that doesn't it doesn't happen in real life that often. No. But it also doesn't say much about, you know, the other people in Riker's life that <laughs> that Worf yeah. is better than anybody. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I like it for the purposes of, of the di- the dynamics of the show and the way it allows the writers to yeah. add these backstories to these characters and you get Picard crying in the mud. Um, but it makes him a better captain. It's in some way, it makes him a better leader to know that he can cry in the mud with his, his little baby brother or his older brother. And, older brother. And... And yeah, it, and it works for establishing that, you know, he is the daddy who can also cry. <laughs> Too much daddy talk. But still, yeah, it you know, it, it, it does. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It, it's kind of like, um, yeah, the, the fact that it is such a strong found family helps, makes makes these other family moments kind of but it also, gel together. But it, it also casts each of these characters in unique um roles within the found family mm-hmm. like there's a father figure character and there's like the older brother character and there's you know the kid sister and there's your you know like your everybody, goofy prankster like data yeah right yeah, like yeah. everybody's got a role that they fill within the family that can then be explored in the course of these stories yeah right so you've got Full house that has family that just to come back to, yeah, yeah, right. Um, where it's like genetic family plus Uncle Joey, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> you've you got like that. all of the found family where nobody is related, yeah, but they still like fit. match those, and you get that in friends, like friends groups, not friends yeah, TV yeah, yeah. show, yeah, but also in friends TV show, I guess, <laughs> to an extent. Um, where like you've got like the mother hen character and you've yeah. got the the reckless little brother or sister right like everybody yeah. has so it's it's true to true to life i guess in that way and I, I think it this season helps establish it with the whole family dynamic because you finally arrive at the characters in season four i think season three helped define them season one and two they were all over the place with characterization especially mm-hmm. season one season two was still a little awkward and you had dr pulaski there instead of mommy crusher mm-hmm. you know like it was just a different dynamic season three again Set the stage. Season four solidifies. That's maybe the theme of this episode, actually, is not so much family as it is. Yeah, this is the season where you you were confirmed. Yeah, Star Trek The Next Generation is really good, mm-hmm. and these are its strengths. And one mm-hmm. of those strengths is that that found family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not much of a big session. No, we just agreed on everything. I Do you want to do the argument about whether or not kids should be on The Next Generation? Kids should not be allowed on the Enterprise. Kids should absolutely be allowed. Why? That's so stupid. Why would you break up families when you don't have to anymore? 
you can put them on the ship. They're yeah, but we just safe. talked about all the people who want to be on the Enterprise don't love their families anyway. So not all of them. We don't see the we don't see the lower decks ones who have the kids who like the few times when we have the fight. If they really the love their kids, they wouldn't bring them onto the Enterprise. The which greatest is be adventure sent in the off. universe. It's not just about the adventure. They get sent off to all kinds of danger all the time. Yeah, and they've got Riker. Reckless Will Riker up there who's like, let's just go in guns blazing. He did that like four or five times at most, okay? I mean, and Q shows up out of nowhere and like slingshots them across Plus the Plus there was the time all the kids got kidnapped. Yeah, Like, okay. you know, I mean, it's a dangerous thing. If you're like, yes, honey, let's sign up to be on the Enterprise. This kid, is going to make a kid. lot of sense. And the kids are like, mommy, daddy, don't. I love you too much. You're like, sorry, kids. Yeah, okay. And and what's his name? The kid who I mentioned in the thing, uh Jeremy Astor, yeah. He's he's a little Loses pissed that his, his mom, mom right? Like But his mom was gonna die whether or not he was there. Sure. This way he has he can bond with Worf over her death and he's actually probably healthier off than he would be if he just got a fucking tele message from subspace. Yeah, but if they all get blown up multiple times, as in they do when they do in cause and effect. <laughs> That's true. Kids died Traumatic. a lot. In that. <laughs> but they like were the not, they PTSD weren't actually that. that you get from being on an enterprise da, da, school. Da, da, da. <laughs> that, that just sets off I kids in, in class right? now. Yeah. But it's like, it's that or getting shot in an American school. Why are those your two options? It's an American TV show. <laughs> There's PTSD in both. Is yeah, maybe maybe at. this is maybe this is the healthier alternative. I think I think it makes a lot of sense. I think at some point dramaturgically, it makes sense dramaturgically. <laughs> I, apparently, this is a meme. I've never seen this. Wow, there's a meme that I know that you don't know. Yeah, I've been using this for like a month and a half. Oh my now. god, how have you never mentioned it to me? You probably haven't. I just haven't been paying attention. Anyways, it made sense dramaturgically. It did make to. sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I'm just saying, it makes sense. You 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 have these giant ships that can hold thousands of people. Why yeah, just you? cram them full of little children. Well, that makes you sense. don't need thousands <laughs> of people to make the ship. Okay, yes, the fact <laughs> that they do have while patrolling the neutral zone. Maybe, but that's not their primary mission. Their primary mission is to go and find new things, and that any kid There's could be a part of. There's a scientific benefit, I'm sure, to having a child. Yes, the let's eyes of look, wonder that look right. out upon that. Let's find the new class species that is unfortunately radioactive, and we're all going to die or the now. The one like uh, the <laughs> the one where clues where they like erase everyone's memory. Yep. These kids have just had their brains fucked yep. multiple 100%. times. Hundred percent, totally fine. No, totally no long term effects. Yeah. No, I'm still for it. I'm sorry. It, wow. In theory, I'm so glad we're not theory. having children. You'd be we, like, let's let's, let's experiment send them on, on the Mars. Yeah. <laughs> come now, come now. There's no need for this petty bickering. We're all friends here. So that's it for uh, TNG season four. Join us for our watch along episode where we absolutely will be watching First Contact. Oh come on! No, I don't care. Why are you going to torture me? Because you're going to find you're going to watch it and be like, oh yeah, okay, that was not a bad episode. And I just want that is moment that gonna of be, recognition. Is that going to be your goal? You're going to try and get me. So no, we're going to watch it and it. you're going to be like, see, this is a good this is a good moment. That's yeah. what you're going to do. Yeah. And you're going to fucking realize, yeah. No, I'm gonna, that's going to make it moment. worse for no, me. It, no, there's no way. It can possibly be worse than F. It's literally at the bottom of your list. That's that's true. Yeah, so it will can only go up. So anyways, uh, that'll probably be, well, no, we'll actually figure out what we're going to watch for season four. Um, and then after that, obviously, five, six, and seven are coming up. Um, and yeah, hopefully you'll join us uh, next full episode for a look at season five, which is, again, one of those ones where you and I are going to have different ideas of what's good because you are grading on some stupid bell curve and I'm going to have like half the episodes in S tier because it's a really good season. 
No, I just have critical thinking skills. No, you, you clearly lack. You're don't. Just, you've got like rose tinted glasses on. No. You've got the the foggy glasses no. from night terrors you're wearing. And it's like I'm seeing everything through this haze of greenish. Is it purple or green? I don't I, remember. I think it's green. Maybe it's purple. Maybe it's multiple colors. Who are you? Shut up. <laughs> you're a decent episode is what you are, Night Terrors. Don't let Lindsay tell you otherwise. Till next time. Live long and prosper. You can find all our episodes on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We love to talk Star Trek with our fellow nerds, and would love to hear from you if you have thoughts or ideas about any of our discussions or the topics we've brought up. You can reach out to us on Twitter, that's at TheBixPod, or by email at TheBixPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Beam us up, Scotty.